white with red. A man went to a hotel and walked up to the front desk to check in. The woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way to his room there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there. She explained that it was a storeroom and that it was out of bounds. She reminded him of this several times before allowing him upstairs. So he followed the instructions of the woman at the front desk, going straight to his room and going to bed. However, the insistence of the woman had piqued his curiosity, so the next night he walked down the hall to the door and tried the handle. Sure enough, it was locked. He bent down and looked through the wide keyhole. Cold air passed through it, chilling his eye. What he saw was a hotel bedroom, like his, and in the corner was a woman whose skin was incredibly pale. She was leaning her head against the wall, facing away from the door. He stared in confusion for a while. Was this a celebrity? The owner's daughter? He almost knocked on the door out of curiosity but decided not to. As he was still looking, the woman turned sharply and he jumped back from the door, hoping she would not suspect he had been spying on her. He crept away from the door and walked back to his room. The next day, he returned to the door and looked through the wide keyhole. This time, all he saw was redness. He couldn't make anything out besides a distinct red color, unmoving. Perhaps the inhabitants of the room knew he was spying the night before and had blocked the keyhole with something red. He felt embarrassed that he had made the woman so uncomfortable and hoped she had not made a complaint with the woman on the front desk. At this point, he decided to consult her for more information. She sighed and said, did you look through the keyhole? The man told her that he had and she said, well, I might as well tell you the story of what happened in that room. A long time ago, a man murdered his wife in there and we find that even now, whoever stays there gets very uncomfortable. But these people were not ordinary. They were white all over except for their eyes, which were red. Wristbands When you are admitted to a hospital, they place on your wrist a white wristband with your name on it. But there are other different colored wristbands which symbolize other things. The red wristbands are placed on dead people. There was a surgeon who worked on night shift in a school hospital. He had just finished an operation and was on his way down to the basement. He entered the elevator and there was just one other person there. He casually chatted with the woman while the elevator descended. When the elevator door opened, another woman was about to enter when the doctor slammed the close button and punched the button to the highest floor. Surprised, the woman reprimanded the doctor for being rude and asked why he did not let the other woman in. The doctor said, that was the woman I just operated on. She died while I was doing the operation. Didn't you see the red wristband she was wearing? The woman smiled, raised her arm, and said, something like this? Alternate ending. There was a slight stench of dried blood in the air. The doctor froze, 
paralyzed by fear. He could feel the beads of sweat slowly trickle down his face. He tried to open the elevator doors, but the lights flashed out. The only thing he could see was the red wristband and the patient's bright red eyes. There was a sudden snapping sound and the elevator started to freefall. In between the elevator doors, you could see a flash of light every time they passed a floor. The slivers of light shone through onto the patient. She was no longer wearing a robe. She wasn't even a she anymore. It was a shadow figure. It started to crack and creak as it moved towards the doctor. He was trapped in the corner. Nowhere to run, no one to hear him scream. The figure got closer with every flash of light. The doctor looked away and never looked back. But at the last moment, the elevator came to an abrupt stop. The lights were still out, but he could feel the shadowy figure breathing on him. He slowly turned his head, and as soon as he locked his eyes with the empty red eyes of the figure, he blacked out. He woke up in a daze, lying in a hospital bed, wearing blue robes. He looked around frantically. Why was he in a bed? How did he get out of the elevator? The nurse was writing some notes down on a clipboard. She looked up and noticed he was awake. Oh, you're awake. Good. He could barely speak. With all his might, he spat out. What happened? She pulled a couple of papers out of a folder and read well. Some workers found you knocked out in the elevator. No permanent damage, just heat stroke. You'll be fine, don't worry. The doctor let out a sigh of relief. It was all just a dream. Nothing happened at all. The nurse put the papers back in the folder, but stopped immediately as she looked at him. Her eyes bulged out of her head. She slowly stepped backwards out of the room. She ran out down the hall, slamming the door behind her. He was in a state of paralysis again. Why did she do that? What's going on? He looked around at his torso, his feet to his right. Then his eyes locked on his wrist. There it was. A red wristband. Robert the Doll In the late 1800s, Thomas Otto and his family moved into a mansion at the corner of Eaton and Simonton Streets in Key West, Florida now known as the Artist House. The Ottos were known to be stern with their servants, sometimes even mistreating them. It was the treatment of one such Haitian servant that provides a twist in this story. This woman was hired to take care of their son, Robert. One day, Mrs. Otto supposedly witnessed her practicing black magic in their backyard and fired her. Before she left, the woman gave Robert a lifelike doll which stood three feet tall, had buttons for eyes, human hair, believed to be Robert's, and was filled with straw. Dolls that resembled children were not unheard of during this time, but this one proved to be special. Robert named the doll after himself and often dressed it in his clothes. Robert, the doll, 
became his trustworthy companion. He took it with him on shopping trips into town. The doll had a seat at the dinner table where Robert would sneak it bites of food when his parents weren't looking. Robert would even be tucked into bed with the boy at night. Soon this innocent relationship took on a strange nature. Soon after, Robert chose to be referred to by his middle name, Jean, after being scolded by his mother. He told her that Robert was the doll's name, not his. Jean was often heard in his toy room having conversations with Robert. Jean would say something in his childish manner and responses could be heard in a much lower voice. Sometimes Jean would become very agitated, worrying the servants and his mother. She would, on occasion, burst in to find her son cowering in a corner while Robert sat perched in a chair or on the bed glaring at him. This was only the beginning. Household objects would be found thrown across the room, Jean's toys turned up mutilated, and giggling could be heard. Whenever these unusual acts took place, Jean always said, Robert did it. The boy took the punishment but always insisted that the blame was Robert's. As the mischief grew, more and more servants took their leave as new ones were hired. The Otto's relatives felt it was time to do something. With the recommendation of a great aunt, Jean's parents removed Robert from his care and placed him in a box in the attic. This is where he resided for many years. After the death of his father, Jean was with his boyhood home. He decided to live in the Victorian mansion with his new wife. Jean had become an artist and felt the house was spacious and would provide a place for him to paint. He went to the attic and dusted off his childhood toy. He became attached to the doll despite his wife's displeasure. Jean would take the doll along with them everywhere they went. He even sat in his favorite little chair while Jean and his wife slept nearby. The turret room became Robert's domain after Mrs. Otto moved him back to the attic. Their marriage slowly became sour until Mrs. Otto supposedly went insane and died of unknown reasons. Jean followed soon behind. Robert supposedly attacked people, sometimes locking them in the attic. People who passed by claimed to hear evil laughter coming from the turret room. For some time, Robert remained in the empty house by himself until a new family purchased the mansion and restored it. The doll was once again moved to the attic. This pleased it as much as the last time. The doll was often found throughout the house. On one certain night, Robert was found at the foot of the owner's bed giggling with a kitchen knife in hand. This was enough to send them fleeing from the home. Robert was later moved to the East Martello Museum in Key West, where he sits perched in a glass box. Despite his new living quarters, the doll is believed to not have given up his menacing ways. Visitors and employees claim they have seen the doll move. His smile has been known to turn into a scowl. One employee cleaned Robert turned off all the lights and left for the night. The next day, he returned to find lights turned on, Robert sitting in a different position than the night before in a fresh layer of dust on his shoes. Some say he'll even curse you. If you want to take a picture of him, you must ask politely.
he'll tilt his head in permission. However, if he doesn't and you take the picture anyways, a curse will befall upon you and anyone who accompanies you to the museum. The same will happen if you make fun of him. To this day, Robert remains at the East Martello Museum in his sailor suit clutching his stuffed lion, continuing his menacing ways.